Hello, welcome to Backstage Upstage, a presentation of The Impact 89FM. I'm Elson Winterstein, and on this show I interview local artists working at the amateur and semi-professional level in the Lansing, East Lansing area. Today I'm joined by Noah Bosch. So, Noah, I know you mostly as a writer and an actor, and full disclosure to anyone watching, uh, me and Noah live together. We are housemates. So... I'm going to jump right into it. This is something, I mean this completely as a compliment. You are the fastest writer I know by like 10 times the speed of everyone else. You pump out consistently great work scripts in the scripts you write way faster than anyone else I know. How do you do it? So it's, uh, it's a very nice compliment and thank you. But it also, it's funny enough, my biggest flaw as well as my greatest strength uh, because I have a terrible time planning things that I write, which I think leads into why I can create them so fast. Because I, uh, for the longest time, before I created scripts, and especially before I created sketch comedy, I was very much a dreamer and not a creator. I would have these massive ideas that would, you know, I'd plan for months and months and months and months. And then I would lose interest before even putting a single word onto a page. And I kept noticing that trend of like, I would have these wonderful ideas that I really enjoyed and I would play them out to the point where I didn't like them anymore before I even created anything. So I tried to switch my formatting and still try to plan, but try to at least accomplish something and get something done. And so that's my focus a lot of time when I'm writing is get it done, get it out first, wait for criticism and then, you know, refine your idea and make it better. Because I feel like that's one thing that is a problem a lot of times with people in our industry is that they're, you know, shooting for the stars, but they have no logical way to get there. And it's, it's been a hard thing to accept, but sometimes, you know, with stuff I create, it might not be the greatest thing in the world. It might not be what I wanted, but it's done and it's created and it's out there. And that is important because, you know, I need that for a resume. I need to, you know, have more things be done so that I can show people that I can actually accomplish things. Because I don't want to be that starving artist who is just waiting for someone to read his 400 page, you know, memoir or something like that, but hasn't gotten anything to his name. So that kind of keeps me chugging along. But without that extensive planning, especially if it's a very complicated script, like I'm currently writing a murder mystery uh, and I did not do enough planning for it. I'm unfortunately realizing 60 pages in, uh, it becomes very difficult because now I have to backtrack, figure out what exactly I want and fix things up into the point that I have. So yeah, it's definitely a blessing and a curse and it's something I need to balance out. But especially for um, short projects, though, it's very nice. Like if, I'm, if I'm writing a two-page sketch, that could take me 10 minutes or less, which is very nice, especially if I need to get multiple scripts done in two days. I can do that. But thank you for the comment. I appreciate that. Yes, you're, you're welcome. You're being very humble, as, uh, as I know you are on pretty much everything. Um, to those who don't know Noah, Noah is one of the nicest people in the world at pretty much any time. Um, crew behind the camera is now also nodding because they agree. <laughs> uh, you're being very humble because a lot of what you write is very, very, very good. Um, even if you might 
trip yourself up with the planning and things like that. Um, I don't want to go too into the weeds on how you got to this point, um, but generally speaking, how did you start writing the kinds of stuff that you spend most of your time writing? And how did you get to this point in your writing career? So it's funny because I feel like unlike a lot of people that are in like with this passion, I didn't start writing screenplays and for movies or anything like that until college. Like I had tried to write novels before and that was kind of my big deal, big deal. Never got past like 10 pages though before getting bored. And I believe in like the end of my high school career, we had to write a script for like our, a film that we had to create. Cause I'd always created a couple films in high school and whatnot, but I'd never written any. And so I had so much fun writing my, I think it was like a 15 minute um, final for my film class in high school. They wanted to continue that in college. And so I actually, I got to MSU as a political science major and the day of orientation, I just changed to a media and info degree. So then I kind of started, I immediately found Telecasters, which is this, um, it's an MSU TV organization where uh, we essentially broadcast a bunch of different shows, um, all with different genres and different methods of producing. And that was the first thing I found because I was walking around uh, the Comrades building and I joined up as many of those as I possibly could and learned a lot about um, screenplay writing from there. And I also bought, I think it's called The Art of the Story. I can't remember by whom, but I bought that book um, and learned a ton about screenwriting from there as well. And that's kind of what got me to take a huge interest in it because yeah, it felt I felt like I could do more of it more easily because with novels, I love them and it's very fun to write, but you have, you know, you have to describe everything that's going on. You have to write what everyone's thinking, depending on how you're writing your story. And it's, you know, two pages of a screenplay could take 10 minutes. Two pages of a novel could take six hours. And so I, as someone who, you know, was trying to create more content, find, you know, screenplays to be much easier to get my vision across than it was previously. So you currently produce a show for Telecasters, the Beaumont Bulletin, mm -hmm. uh, which is a parody news, sort of in the style of Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live or The Daily Show was its main inspiration when it was getting created. Um, how has, you write and perform for that pretty regularly as well. How has working on that influenced your other screenwriting ventures outside of that? So before I joined Telecasters, I had literally never written comedy and I had no interest in writing comedy at all. And it's still a genre that I don't find myself drawn toward too much, which is kind of strange. Like I don't enjoy comedy movies. I don't seek out sketches. Um, but it's given me a better level of respect for the craft as I've gone into it because, uh, yeah, Beaumont is interesting. It's not, it's not, it's sketch, but not in the same way that, Sideshow, which is Telecaster's kind of SNL companion, uh, would do it where, you know, it's an entirely new story with new characters every time. We, on the Beaumont, try to be as, like, normal as possible, but the comedy comes from making fun of real-world events and, you know, politicians and pop culture figures. So it gave me a cool insight into research and how it, you know, develop, helps develop comedy. So I've become much more politically informed because of, you know, that show that I have to run now where I get to make fun of people. But now it's, 
you know, really helped me become more politically active in a way, which is super cool. And it's effectively shown me how much fun writing and producing comedy can be. And it's given me a much better respect for the genre as a whole that I did not have before. So in producing that show and in working on a lot of the other stuff you write for, um, you're a writer for Royal's upcoming sketch comedy show that they're producing right now as well. Um, you have to collaborate with a lot of people. Uh, how do you how do you handle working with a diverse group of people and especially people that you might not have much interaction with before you have to start writing with them? It's not like a professional writing environment where you get time to know people before you write. Sometimes it's just like, we need a script in three days. All right, here's a person you just met. Boom, go. How do you handle that? So when it comes to collaborative screenplay writing, I one thing I had to learn very quickly, especially, and I think Telecaster did a great job with teaching me this, was humbling myself to know that my idea, although I may enjoy it and it might be a good idea, is not the end-all be-all. If someone you know wants to change my idea, it's not the end of the world. And that anyone that's working with you on a script and critiquing your script, it means they care. Because that was something I had to learn, was that criticism is not oh, we hate you or a personal attack on you. It is a, we actually really care about you. And we want this script to be as good as possible because you have a good idea. So that's what I I try to keep in mind with um, working collaboratively with other people is that we are a team. It is not one of us battling to be smarter or funnier than the other person. It is both of us working together towards a common goal or however many people are working together towards a common goal of just making the best stuff we possibly can. And I, with that mentality, it becomes much easier to see criticisms and idea changes and suggestions and stuff like that less as personal attacks on myself. And maybe I'm not that funny more as this is good. Let's make it even better. And I think that's helped significantly with working with others. And it just makes the entire process so fun because like the telecast people and the Royal player that is so fun to bounce ideas back and forth with them because it's two it's two groups of extremely funny people who know what they're doing and they love having a good time and some of my favorite moments are in those writer rooms getting suggestions from people and having them create funny ideas based off of what have i created or something that someone else has created it's a super fun part of the job so this is something that uh, i think a lot of people working at our level wonder um, we're both college students uh, MSU right now, and we also do a lot of creative work outside of it. Uh, how do you balance these two, and how do you how do you keep giving enough attention to both that one doesn't overwhelm the other? Because I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> it uh, it requires um, a lot of sacrifice. Mm. Before I got to college, when I was in high school, um, I was a huge gamer. I played video games all the time. I will happily admit that. And it was really funny because when I was like 16, 17, I would, pl- I would get home from whatever I was doing and play video games for like six hours. And that was awesome. But my dad was like, oh yeah, you know, as soon as you get to college, you're gonna be too busy to do that. And I was like, mm, yeah, right, dad. I have no time for any of that. So I've kind of made, you know, my clubs and stuff. Those are my almost relaxation times, not really. Like I have very little relaxation time, but that's honestly fine by me, but I have to make sure that when I do have it, I really use it. So a lot of times um, when I'm balancing schoolwork and our outside projects and my clubs and whatnot, 
I use like my meals as my rea- like relaxation time. So whenever I'm eating, I am not doing anything else. I'm watching a YouTube video or I'm, you know, watching, I don't know, The Good Place or something. I've been hooked on that for a little while now. Um, to make sure that I can decompress and take a breather because if I chug for too long, everything I do becomes sloppy. And so you really do have to find a time to relax. And there was a point during this year that I was too overwhelmed. I just, I had said yes to one too many things because I say yes to everything. And I, and I was starting to, you know, mess up. I was starting to leave people hanging and, you know, let people down. And so that was a big lesson to me of, although you want to say yes to everything, sometimes you really have to relax. It is important. It is important to get good sleep. I know you want, like people will want to create more content or just write one more page or, you know, do one more edit on your video. They got to make sure that they're keeping mentally well and physically well and eating well and just getting all of your necessary requirements to be a human because if you don't have those your work's going to suck. So that was a lesson I learned from that. That is very good advice. Uh, I need to remind myself about that <laughs> lots of times. Um, yeah. no, you, you amazed me. Like, I mean, everyone's room, I don't know if I'm allowed to dox the people who are on our crew right now. Go ahead. Uh, Harrison and Daniel also in this room. And I think I've probably surrounded myself with some of the hardest working people I know. And they're always over at our house. And we're up very late, often doing things all the time. I should mention we're recording this during COVID. Uh, Daniel lives on the other side of the duplex, so uh, we basically live together. Yeah. And Harrison is masked now and is always masked. Also, yes. just that, that is a good thing to say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they are extremely hard workers, and I often worry for them as well that they need to relax every once in a while, eat good food, sit down, and take a deep breath. And but they do fantastic work all the time. I think you speak to something there that um, has worked well for us of we surround ourselves with other people who have similar interests we work well together with and Mm -hmm. that we can call each other, not so much on like bad decisions in our scripts or things like that, but more so in like, wow, you've been working on this edit for like eight hours, go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) Like like, I heard you being up until 4 a.m. writing, stop it. (laughs) Um, Thank you for all those compliments. on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, uh, I want to transition a little bit over into talking about you as an actor. Okay. Could you give me just a little bit brief of how you got started on that path? It's it's a funny inception because uh, back in high school, I worked with a YouTube um, channel similar to kind of Evil Twin Digital, which is uh, your YouTube channel slash uh, production network where... There was a series that was a post-apocalyptic zombie survival series I worked on with just a bunch of my friends. And my acting debut essentially was being a zombie 12 different times and dying horrifically every single time. And I just had so much fun being on set and like, you know, just being around people and like watching them act and then, you know, getting to be something that I wasn't, which was, you know, a zombie, which I'm not. And <laughs> thanks for thanks for just so you know we were worried about that but that was interesting it started me off and i started to request to be in more stuff because it was it was just it was at first oh this is really fun uh and then it turned into wow like i actually really enjoy this craft and i want to learn more about it 
and I joined my theater program in school. And obviously theater acting and film acting are two very separate mediums, but there's, there's a little bit of crossover from that. And when I got to uh, MSU, especially with uh, the telecast organization and then now working with Evil Twin Digital and especially our uh, class projects that we have to do, I have numerous opportunities to play different roles in so many different pieces all the time that I really get to stretch myself to my creative limits and see what I can do. Like I'm a, recently, I just did a project with Harrison where I, for the first time in a really long time, played a dramatic role instead of a comedic role, which is really fun. And, you know, it, it was terrifying at first because I, you know, hadn't done anything besides goofy little characters for a very long time. So I had to recenter myself and really try to, I know this is, you know, a typical actor thing, but find my motivation for my character and what he wanted, uh, which is super fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you made sort of light of the find my motivation thing like that, but I also work as an actor on a lot of the same projects and things mm-hmm. like that, um, but also other stuff outside. And that's a real, um, there's the famous quote Alfred Hitchcock has where someone asks him, what's your motivation? And he says, your salary. Mm-hmm. That's just the worst answer to give an actor because mm-hmm. it doesn't help them at all in what they're trying to do. Uh, oh, man. Uh, so I'm curious how you approach, uh, your comedic and your dramatic roles, um, in projects at this level, especially because a lot of times when, uh, like a professional successful actor, um, not that we're not successful, but when an actor who does that for a career and gets paid lots of money talks about it, they talk a lot about their prep time and their rehearsal and things like that. And we never yeah we never have that uh it's always we got three hours the script is five minutes before you start go how do you step into a role and especially some that are very very serious and hard to get a grasp on how do you get those so quickly i know this is kind of going to be a sucky answer but a lot of the time it's just me like i'll be i'll like the role before and even when we first just initially read the script i'm like pick out a character that I really like and I'll just kind of hope that I get casted with that. But a lot of the times too, a, what happens is that on a lot of roles I've been in, it's uh, like, for example, the very merry uh, Christmas special that you guys uh, created on the evil twin digital account. Um, I was not supposed to be the main character, but something came up and I was immediately thrown into that role. So I was, I had to, read like essentially like a couple days before set just really trying to understand what the character was but there is that situation of i get thrown into things because i'm available and i can do that but i think just i have a pretty easy time empathizing like with characters and understanding like why they're doing what they're doing and i think my experience with screenplay writing really helps with acting because i've read aloud to a room so many different scripts and we always have to cast characters and we have to have the characters read the lines in particular ways in order for jokes to get across. Um, So that helps with reading the line first in my head and then understanding why is this person saying this or why is this person doing this? Um, And I think think that definitely helps. Like that experience uh, crosses over with acting a lot. How do you deal, this is a loaded dramatic question, how do you deal with failure? 
because it's hard. Obviously, no one hits 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and especially at our level, a lot of times things fail because of conditions that aren't in our control. Uh, COVID especially, I know stuff that I've been working on has been hit hard by COVID and we've had to delay things or stuff gets canceled. How do you deal with failure and especially failure that isn't something that you did? Well, this is might be weird to say, but failure that is out of my control is disappointing to me. But at the same time, it, having the fact that it's out of my control almost helps me with that like grieving process because I know that there was simply nothing that I could do. So the failure that hurts a lot is when I know I could have done better. And so I have to look at my, I have to look at myself and understand why did I not do so well? Did I not practice enough? Did I just not pay enough attention? That's something I really struggle with is, you know, alloc allocating the correct amount of focus to a project that it needs with um, my ADD is a bit difficult from time to time, but with failure, I always, you know, see it as a lesson, uh, especially if I get like, let's say if I have a bad script that I just created, maybe I thought it was good and it gets, ha you know, just hammered down uh, in a writer's room. You know, I know I harken back to the thought that they are trying to help me, like people who critique me when I fail and who are there for me when I fail to adjust me and add suggestions for how I can do better are the people that care for me most. Which is why when I fail, I want people to tell me, you failed, this is what you did wrong, and let's work to improve it. I don't want you know, sympathy, I don't want people to coddle me and tell me that everything's gonna be okay, because that's not helpful at all. It just keeps me in this false reality that you know, I'm doing everything perfectly, which is obviously not the truth. So I think the best thing that helps me when I fail is being ex extremely honest with myself and putting my problems out there of, yeah, you did mess this up. You like really screwed either this or that. And you need to make sure that you don't do that again. So it might be harsh, but it definitely helps me to not make the same mistakes twice. But it's also very nice to, I'm often working with friends. So when I do fail, I'm not under the pressure of, you know, people there not liking me. You know, I know that they are my friends. And I know that they have their best interests for me. So I know that things will they will give me the time to improve. So it's very nice. When you, when you jump into, we talked about acting roles uh, before about how to jump into something quickly. Mm -hmm. When you have that short time frame, or even a little more time, let's say you've got like a week or two before you jump in. It's not a very merry situation where you've got like two days. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of research and thought do you put into characters specifically because for example you had to play recently for a project that i directed and also that harrison directed uh you had to play a sort of like vague mercenary assassin type for an action film which is something that you had not done before mm -hmm. um how that's just an example but like how do you approach something like that that's a character you haven't done anything close to before that you got to get into the headspace of so with those kind of characters, especially that I haven't done before, I try to um, draw upon references I know are close. So when thinking of an action film, like I've, um, what came to mind? I believe it was probably, uh, it was like Call of Duty kind of came to mind when that was all happening. Uh, and also John Wick, especially. Uh, and I know I'm, I was no John Wick during that, but I tried to, I watched like a funny little compilation of 
John Wick in the third movie, moving through rooms and dealing with, you know, and shooting guys and uh, fighting them and whatnot to try and see what he does and try to act the way that Keanu Reeves does without, you know, stealing the character of John Wick, essentially. So I try to get his mannerisms and movements down to see just what a generic action star does, but then add in my own quirks and stuff that I do uh, to make sure that it is my own unique character. Because that's, you know, part of the fun of acting is that in, within the director's vision, because you don't want to obstruct that, you kind of get to play around a lot with what you think the character is. And you get to kind of come into your own mold, essentially, that you create for yourself. So I have a lot of fun with that, like depending on how much leeway I'm given. But with the acting, uh, I just was so enticed when we first started, when you and I, in preparation for this act, uh, this action film, started to choreograph our fighting because I had never done it before and it was really fun. Um, so that really helped me draw into like the character and get into the mood to like, you know, do an action sequence. Cause you gotta be, we had to be really energized. Um, on the second day of the filming, it was really hard cause I was incredibly tired. So to like snap out of just laying on the floor, waiting for the next shot to happen to I'm fighting you. Um, and I'm supposed to be fighting for my life as a character that takes a lot of energy. So I, I had to make sure that I was eating properly and drinking a lot of water and making sure that I was constantly working on something physically to make sure I stayed awake. So yeah, for specifically that, that's kind of what I did. Okay. Noah Bosch, if people want to see your work, uh, where can they find it? Let's see. A lot of my work, uh, most of my work right now is through the MSU Telecasters organization. If you want to see, uh, see more from the show that I produce, you can follow uh, at the Beaumont Bulletin MSU or Beaumont Bulletin MSU. You can search it up on Facebook, YouTube, um, Instagram as well. Uh, and then uh, I would highly suggest any of the Telecaster shows. They all are run by great people and they produce great content. Uh, if you want to see a little bit more of me also, you can go on Evil Twin Digital YouTube as well. And uh, if you want to read more of my writing that uh, is not screenplays, you can go to the Impact 89 FM website. I work as a content creator with them. And it's definitely different from uh, the media and film world. But I write articles about music and, you know, pop culture there. All right. Noel Bosch, thanks for talking with me. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome.